Would you turn to the 109th Psalm? This is what is known as one of the imprecatory psalms. And that word means that the psalmist is cursing people. He's calling for a curse upon people. And really, this is the most imprecatory of the imprecatory psalms. Um, The way David curses. But before we read this psalm, I want to read verse 8. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Now, what's that a reference to? That's a reference to Judas. This passage is quoted in Acts chapter 1. So we know with regard to this psalm, this is a psalm where the Lord is cursing Judas. Uh, it's I've, Interestingly, I've read commentaries and so on in the last week with regard to this psalm, and they say this is an Old Testament psalm. It's in the New Testament. We know better than this, and that's ridiculous. This is a inspired by the Holy Spirit psalm. Every word is inspired, and indeed it is a imprecatory psalm, but it's the Lord praying against Judas. That is all this is, and really we should never pray the way this Would you wish, well, as we read this, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. But this is the Lord praying against Judas and all like him. Verse 1. Hold not thy peace, O God of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. I gave them no cause to feel the way they do against me. For my love, they're my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Now here begins the curse. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few. And let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless. And his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds. And beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath. And let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off 
and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Now that's the curse. And what a curse it is. Here's why, verse 16. Because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like as with a garment, so let it come into his bowels like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which covereth him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually, let this be the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord and of them that speak evil against my soul. But... Do thou for me, O God the Lord, for thy name's sake. Because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I'm gone up like the shadow when it declineth. I am tossed up and down as the locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh Faileth of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to thy mercy, that they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, has done it. Let them curse, but bless thou. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let thy servant rejoice. Let mine adversaries be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for the gospel of your Son. How we thank you that he saves the poor and the needy. Lord, I ask in Christ's name that you would make every one of us poor and needy. That we might be rich and have all the riches of your grace. Lord, we pray for your presence. We pray that you would be pleased to speak to us. We pray for our time of fellowship after the service that your blessing would be upon that. Bless us for the Lord's sake. Be with all your people wherever they meet together. Lord, those that are going through trials, we pray for your grace upon them. Those that are in sick in body and sick in spirit, we Pray for your blessing upon that. Lord, we're so thankful that you always bring good out of evil. We're so thankful for who you are. Now bless us for the Lord's sake. In 
his name we pray. Amen. Now, these are the words of the Lord praying against Judas. I mean, you look at that curse. Would you pray that against your worst enemy? Praying that their uh, children would be beggars and vagabonds and that the sin of their parents would be remembered, that they might be condemned and damned. I would not pray that against my worst enemy. But this is the Lord praying with regard to Judas and all like him. Now, you and I can't pray a prayer like this, nor should we. As I've said, some said, well, this was in the Old Testament. They didn't have the light we have in the New Testament, and they didn't realize that we're supposed to pray for our enemies and love our enemies and so on. But this was before the New Testament. That's ridiculous. That's a, a very wrong view of the Scriptures. This is the Lord's prayer against Judas. Now, he begins by saying, Hold not thy peace, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked, the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. Now, have you ever been misrepresented? Have you ever been maligned? Of course you have. And it's very painful. And I love what Charles Spurgeon said with regard to um, when we're maligned, when we're misrepresented. He made this statement. Now, I'll never, I didn't hear it. I read it, obviously. But this has always set with me. Whatever anybody says about you, make it a little darker and it's closer to the truth. You believe that? Any maligning of your character, whatever it is, make it a little darker and it'll be closer to the truth. But here, when the Lord says this, to malign his character, he who is altogether beautiful and glorious and holy and perfect, to malign his character. I mean, if you're around me long enough and if you know enough about me, you're going to find reasons to complain about me. Me too, with you as well. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. We're... We're, we are what we are. But his character, his holy character was maligned. What maliciousness to do this with him. Now, verses 3 through 5 can only be speaking of the Lord. They compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. I gave them no reason to treat me the way they've done. They fought against me without a cause. For my love, they're my adversaries. But I give myself under prayer, and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Now, this is how men viewed the Lord Jesus Christ. Men actually, here's our sin. This is a sin we've all been guilty of. Men actually have been guilty of hating Jesus Christ. The altogether lovely one. Men, you and I, all men have been guilty of hating Jesus Christ. And all I got to do is look to the cross. That God leads me and you to ourselves. We're right there with him. Nailing him to a cross. That's the way men view 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where Christ says, set thou wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. And remember, this is talking about Judas. We know that from verse 8 because Peter quotes this in Acts chapter 1 as referring to Judas. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. You remember when they had that vote in Acts chapter 1? And uh, they come up with uh, Matthias and I can't remember the other guy's name. They, they, they came up with two men and they say, show which one you've chosen. <laughs> Lord didn't choose either of them. He chose the Apostle Paul. But uh, they come up with that. But it, that's where Peter said his bishopric let another take. We need to find somebody to take his place. Now look at this prayer against him. Let his children be fatherless. His wife a widow, let his children be continually vagabonds and beg and let them seek their bread also out of the desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Neither let there be any favor to his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off and in the generation following let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord and let not the sin of his mothers be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Now that's quite a curse, isn't it? And this is the Lord's prayer against Judas and all like him. Now if God be for you, who can be against you? If God be against you, who can be for you? Christ is praying this prayer against Judas, and all like him. Now he goes on to describe Judas's character. And what's the first thing he says with regard to Judas? Verse 16, because that he remembered not to show mercy. How offensive this is to Christ. Judas's character is brought out here. He remembered not to show mercy. You know, the Lord said, blessed are the merciful. The merciful. And if you've been shown mercy by the Lord, do you want somebody to get what they got coming to them? I want them to get what they got coming to them. Really? I think of... Uh, the man who had been forgiven 10,000 talents. And he found the one who owed 100 pence, $15. And he grabbed him by the throat. He wouldn't show him mercy. This is so offensive to the Lord. May the Lord enable me and you to be merciful people. It's so beautiful. Merciful. But Judas, he wasn't merciful. He remembered not to show Mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. Now, here we have a threefold description of the believer and the Lord when he was on the cross. Poor. What's the first beatitude? Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you're poor, that means you really don't have anything that you can use to recommend you to God. You have nothing. Poor and you have great needs. Poor and needy 
You need mercy. You need grace. You need the righteousness and merits of Jesus Christ. You need his precious blood to put away your sin. You need him to represent you as your great intercessor. You're needy, poor, needy, broken in heart. Your heart's no good. It's broke. It doesn't work. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Now this man, Judas, he had no love for anyone like that. He showed no mercy to someone like that. Verse 17, as he loved cursing, now that's not talking about curse words. That's talking about condemning and judging people and cursing them. And He loved cursing. He loved exposing people. He loved people to be seen for what they are. He loved, he loved it. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. What goes around comes around. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like as with a garment, judging, condemning, so let it come into his own bowels like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which covers him, this cursing. Let it be his garment to cover his body and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord and of them that speak evil against my soul. This is the Lord speaking. He's speaking of Judas and all like him. But, verse 21, do thou for me. Oh, God, the Lord. Isn't, you, isn't that your prayer? It's the prayer of the Lord, but it's our prayer too. Lord, do for me. Act in my behalf. Don't leave me to myself. Do for me. I love it when the Lord said to Bartimaeus, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Oh, Lord, remove my sin. Lord, give me a heart that believes, a heart that loves. Give me the, do thou for me. And this is the Lord's prayer. But do thou for me, O God, the Lord, for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me. Now, when the Lord is praying this prayer, he's giving us the one reason that we can pray. Do this for your name's sake. Do this for Christ's sake. Lord, do thou for me for Christ's sake. That's an argument when my heart is dead as far as the way I feel. And I don't feel the Lord's presence and I feel nothing but my sin. Oh, here's the, here's, here's the only plea I have in prayer, but this is the only play, plea we always have for Christ's sake. Do thou for me for thy name's sake. For Christ's sake, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Do thou, do thou for me, O Lord God, for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good. Deliver thou me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Now somebody says, how could that be the prayer of Christ? That's easy to answer. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, oh, the riches of Christ. Who can describe them? Yet for your sakes, 
he became what? Poor. That you, through his poverty, might be rich. Oh, the poverty the Lord experienced much more acutely than you and I know. You know, I think about the Lord being made sin. I'm clueless as to what all that means. And you are too. And so is everybody else. That's why the Lord turned the lights out with this transaction that was going between him and his father. I am poor and needy. My heart is wounded within me. And the Lord's de describing himself. I'm gone like a shadow when it declineth. A shadow disappearing. I'm tossed up and down as the locust before a mighty wind, really, an insect before the wind. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. I'm become also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shake their heads. Isn't that what happened on the cross? Wagging their heads, wagging their tongues. Help me. Oh, Lord. My God, oh, save me according to thy mercy. Now, I thought about this prayer, help me. Help me. Boy, that's a good prayer. Help me. Remember the Syrophoenician woman when the Lord said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She'd been asking for help, and he answered her not a word. And then she comes again asking for help and mercy and he said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know, that is, here's exactly what that is. I've only come to save the elect. That's what the Lord says to this woman. Does she say, well, there's no point in me seeking? No. She came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Help me. Oh, what a prayer. Lord, help me. If you don't help me, I won't be helped. Can you pray that prayer? The Lord Jesus did. If you don't help me, I won't be helped. Help me, O Lord. Oh, save me according to thy mercy. Verse 27, that they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, has done it. Now, when our Lord was on the cross, he wanted everybody to know, I'm not a martyr, I'm not a victim. I'm here because God put me here as the sin-bearing sin, putting away substitute. This is what the Lord's done. Thou, Lord, has done this. And this is what he wants everyone to know. That they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, has done it. Let them curse, but bless thou. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let thy servant rejoice. Let mine adversaries be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. Now, this reminds me that God's judgment is always just. You know, I heard somebody say recently, they talked about what they call double predestination. You're, you're not being sound on predestination if you don't believe in double predestination. Uh, like the people who are damned were simply... Well, God predestined this one to be damned, so damned they will be. Um, everything is under God's control. And the scripture says, 
ungodly men who were ordained of old to this condemnation. I mean, the Bible uses language like that. And I like using language like that because it's biblical. Whatever God says, it's just the best way to say it. But a man is not damned because God simply arbitrarily predestinated him to be damned. A man's damned because of his own sin. Amen? A man is damned, judged by God because of his sin. And this is what the Lord is saying. Let mine adversaries be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. They brought this on, but yet he says, I will, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. Now, I think of the Lord standing as my representative to save me from those who would condemn me. Now, who's, gonna, who's my main problem? Me. My sin. My sin. I love that passage of Scripture, and this is what goes with this passage of Scripture, to save him from those that shall condemn him. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Somebody condemns me, the Lord stands for me. He represents me. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he that can condemn? Bring it on. Who is he that can condemn? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather that's risen again, who's even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. He stands at your right hand, and he represents you before the Father, and it's all good. Now, when we read something like this in the Scripture, would you ever pray this against somebody? Of course you wouldn't. I wouldn't pray this for my worst enemy. But the Lord prays against Judas and all of his people all who are just like him in that sense. And I think about what the Lord said when he said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you've given me. He prays in salvation for those the Lord has given him. But he intercedes against those who are his adversaries. What a horrible thing it is to be an adversary of the Lord. May the Lord deliver us from that plight. But once again, this is the word of God. Amen.